Tip of the tongue, the teeth and the lips. Unique New York. You know you need Hello, and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 81, on this August 3rd, 2019. I am your host, Andre Cole. I am joined today by Alex Jelena. Hey, I also require a Bethesda Net account to log in. Uh, Pat Cotter. With his second, well, he didn't take poll last week, but he's on pace to win two back-to-back Grand Prix. Max Verstappen is the man to watch. And Allison Saigon. Uh, shout out to the movie Speed Racer that was trending on Twitter, and I just really like that movie. Great. I wonder why that was trending. I don't know, but it's a great movie. It is, yeah. It's the third best uh, Wachowski's movie, I've, I believe. It's, I feel. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I've, I've watched all of them recently, and I don't know if I'd agree, but it's great. It's If you guys haven't seen Speed Racer... It is a very good movie. And there's no it's better time. Very pretty. Yeah. I don't think it's structurally very good. Like, it um, it's not very coherent, but... Like an episode of Speed Racer. Totally, But it's yeah. also very... It's also just very sincere. It's very... It's, it's basically like... I don't know. I, 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 I just don't understand anybody that's like, I want a super realistic adaptation of Speed Racer, because, like... Why? Yeah, I want real gritty, wacky races. What I, when I, I remember when Speed Racer was coming out. Most people that I knew that didn't like it simply just did not want an adaptation of Speed Racer at all. Uh, right. It's like which I can kind of see, but I think it's a good movie. But they just basically like went all out in making it like bizarre and stylistic and interesting, and uh, it's a good movie. I also just recently watched Cloud Atlas, and that's a good movie too. Except, okay. like, oh. the, Isn't there some racism in there or something? Uh, like, maybe inadvertent. Or maybe okay. I'm not gonna like, say inadvertent, but this is the whole thing. It's it's really hard because basically there is some yellow face. However, and I don't think I think it's like uh, it, by far the weakest part of the movie. So I, I don't want to like say that sound like I'm condoning it. Yeah. But the thing that they were trying to do is that basically all the characters in the movie, like there's six different like interlocking stories and everybody's playing like several different characters. Mm -hmm. And then also there's just like a lot of everybody's playing every character. And one of the uh, segments is in basically future soul. So like you can kind of see what they were trying to do, but at the same time, it's like, you know, a little, but it is definitely suspect, but I feel it, it was definitely with the right intentions. Just maybe people aren't ready for it. That sounds really weird. I don't know. Anyways, this is Allison's review of cloud Atlas. It's a good movie, except okay. for some weird race stuff. All right. Well, uh, now I would just like us to take, I would like us to take a moment to reflect on the end of an era. That's right. Ninja has left Twitch and gone to oh Mexico. Man. <laughs> I I uh, probably have the strongest opinions here. 
because I use all of those services to, to stream this this podcast mm-hmm. and have streamed individually on all of those services as well. Hey. And um, okay, what what are your oh, opinions? That's true. Um I think it's an interesting move by Microsoft, but I think the words I said in our chat was it's not going to move the dial. It's not going to move the needle. Okay. I, I uh, I, so that. yeah, I Still. mean his apparently his first uh stream had like more uh more viewers than his average Twitch numbers, but like that doesn't mean anything. That's his, you know, he's like, "Oh, he's in the news right now." He's not. Mm-hmm. So everyone's thinking right. about it forever. Um but I did see some people talking about how Ninja got to start playing, like start streaming and stuff with Halo. Mm. And so if Microsoft's going to bring him over to Mixer, they might be planning to utilize him and it like, you know, name recognition to uh, help launch the next Xbox. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely wow. seen that. Like That'd be weird. This, that would suck. This is, yeah. But this is not, this isn't the end for I mean, Microsoft I, and Ninja. I don't, I don't think like, you know, that's going to be their focus, but I think that gets them into that age demographic that follows Ninja. But also, like, is he still just playing Fortnite? Like, I don't, I don't know what Ninja does. I don't follow Ninja. But, uh, like, if he, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That, that, yeah, that's all I have to say about that is, hey, maybe we're going to see a lot more Ninja at, like, E3 next year. If there is an E3, because no one wants to go because the ESA is going to leak their doc, their information. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like if there's, yeah. like if there's any chance of E3 happening next year, and now does anyone want to go? <laughs> uh, I saw a very good joke. I can't remember who it was from. Um, it may have been from somebody from kind of funny. It may have been from someone from spawn on me, but it was, <laughs> They said that it's a good thing that there's no women on U.S. currency. Otherwise, Ninja wouldn't have been able to accept the $50 million that Microsoft gave him. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds more like a spawn on me joke than a kind of funny joke, but maybe kind of funny has moved more in that direction. I don't know. Uh, All right. Well, there's your hot news. Is there any other news we want to talk about? I know there was some Bethesda net stuff. Bethesda net. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hope you logged into your Bethesda Net account to listen to this podcast. Uh, so dumb. <laughs> yes, it's yeah, just I, it's just so dumb. Like um, but, specifically, I, am, I imagine we're talking about the Doom thing on Switch, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like that was a bug, but also, like, why didn't you test for that? Like, why? That seems like something that should have been on like the QA docket. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's not as though Doom has never been on another platform. <laughs> and they've taken it off backwards compatibility for the Xbox One. So, you like, you can't even download it anymore, I don't think. Hmm. So, yeah, that's... Hmm. Um, DRM, it's a bad feel. Other things about Switch, Outer Worlds is coming to it. Yeah. Yeah, that seems uh, like, a, that's like a good platform. A, a way I will not be playing that game. <laughs> Seems like a good platform for a lot of people, though, like especially if they're commuting a lot. Maybe I'm kind of hitting a point where I don't think that games with a lot of voice acting work particularly well on the Switch. That's um, my opinion. Like, I think it's just sort of a compromised experience in handheld. Anyway, um, there's 
exceptions to that. I think Fire Emblem's fine because it's very like visual novel voice acting kind of thing where you're like you're you're reading you have character on screen with text. But I don't know that I would want to play something like The Outer Worlds. But to your point, um, there are people who totally would because their only time to play would be on their commute. So yeah that for them it's great i mean there's nothing wrong with putting it in more people's hands right like making it available and accessible to more people i'm Um, just like i'm thinking about how like choppy those kinds of games like fallout 4 like its performance on console like it ran but and like maybe this won't be like i saw that whoever was um porting it is apparently pretty good uh, has done good switch ports mm-hmm. before i could be totally wrong but that's what i'd heard so hopefully this yeah. would be legit and i'm actually vaguely considering that being my platform of choice for it just because i do play so much of my games on switch but, but well and then also there's the issue that has come up around fire album recently and like other switch games with like tech size yeah oh that is it that is true the that it's it's a problem and i think that this is something that's been a problem with nintendo for quite a while yeah because i remember um uh i actually that it's like the one it was actually my biggest problem with xenoblade chronicles x on wii u where Mm -hmm. the text size was just tiny and i could barely see it even playing it on my on my pretty big tv i'm just Mm -hmm. like trying to squint to see the text and it's like it's not fun and Fire Emblem is particularly egregious, but it's a problem with the industry as a whole. Um, there's like a, I mean, if you look at, uh, I have a friend who could not play God of War. He doesn't, he doesn't even really have any like vision impairments. Um, mm-hmm. He wears glasses, but like that's it. And he, he couldn't play God of War because the text was too small. He couldn't read it mm-hmm. um, yeah. on his television and he has a 4k TV. Um, and, and then they introduced the bigger text size and he was like, great, I can finally play it. Cause he was really excited about it. And even with mm-hmm. the bigger text size, he still couldn't read it because his TV is about eight feet from his couch. So like, oh. it was just impossible. And he has like a home with, with two children and multiple pets and he can't like slide his TV closer to his couch, um, for one game. Yeah. Um, I'm, hmm. He needs to just pull up a dining room chair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can uh, see yeah, why. Not, I, not a, Point being, it's it's not an unre- I've seen his living room setup. It's not unreasonable, um, yeah. and and yeah. he could not read the text. And um, that's been a thing. Uh, my TV is closer to my couch because of the way our living room is set up. But if it was much further away, I wouldn't be able to read the text in Forza. Um, on t- yeah, uh, yeah. My- so it's just a thing industry wide. It seems like there's no consideration for like people with vision impairments and like it wouldn't be that hard from an accessibility standpoint. Like, yes, maybe it would compromise some of your, the prettiness of your UI design, but to just make the text an option for the text to be like blown up. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I thought this is a problem we'd gotten around because it was a really big thing when we first got into like HD, like HDMI and 1080p, like for a long time, all the text was super tiny, especially if you were playing PC games on your TV because they didn't optimize it at all. And again, I thought we got past this, but I imagine when we move to 4k, the exact same thing is going to happen. Like when when games as a whole start moving to 4k. Yeah. And, And like, I mean, TVs have only gotten bigger. And so you start, yeah. if you start like targeting those bigger TVs and you're like, oh, well, we can make the text smaller because they're on a bigger thing. And then when you go into a smaller TV, you know, if you're doing like 55, if you target like a 50, 55 inch TV, 
and then the person's playing on like a 40 inch or like, you know, 36 or whatever, then suddenly that does yeah, not which, work at all. That's what I'm playing on. And I couldn't have a, have a bigger TV in the apartment that I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I don't want, yeah. I don't feel the need for a bigger TV. Like, yeah. I don't, and I think a lot of people are in the same situation where it's like, no, 40 inches fine there's no right. need for i don't oh, want to buy a bigger tv so i can read text and video games yeah, like, exactly. that, that shouldn't be the reason that i'm buying like spending so much money on a new tv like thank, thank you no. for giving us a podcast title pat um 40 inches is fine it's yep. probably good given that our highest our highest trending video on Pornhub was called yeah. 10 and three quarter inches <laughs> i i i was looking at those stats last night in fact and yeah <laughs> Wow, good for us. Uh, you can find that over <laughs> on Andre's channel's popping. That's not my channel. <laughs> I really docked. hope. I really hope it starts showing up in your SEO, though. Uh, yeah, I need to change my Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, there was one more game that I saw this come up in reference to, like tech stuff, was Astral Chain uh, because the subtitles are like white, uh, and then. They showed like a video and they're just white subtitles and it was on like a, like a pale gray background, just unreadable. Just like from a design perspective and you're just like, what, it, what is, how does that happen? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like there's some things where it's like, like text size. Okay. Like if you're designing and you're like, oh, well this text size looks good. I can understand like how you make that like how you come to that like decision, even if it's a poor decision, like if you're just like, Oh, we're, you know, going for aesthetic, make a mistake with this. I feel like there should be some like guidelines and like standards. And I think there are, it just depends on who actually pays attention to them. But like, you'll put a background on that text. Like, you know, yeah. even if it's not like a full, like highlighted thing, just like, you know, a border on each letter or whatever to make it stand out more. But, yeah, I, I'm, I am really willing to bet that there are people who are, um, especially working with like accessibility, um, who would be thrilled to work with the gaming industry to make some sort of standards or to make some sort of, uh, thing. But hey, they should, it, they should talk with Studio A Law, the guys who made uh, Heart of the Woods, because that game is a masterpiece of accessibility. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I feel like it's. I feel like it's something that you that it's like has been done and can be done, but it's whether totally. you're yeah. willing to do it or go out of your way and listen to other people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there. Is that all the news relevant? Evo is going on. I'm excited for that. They have like they have murals of previous winners. Uh, oh, that's cool. And like all around, and they've got one of. Uh, Sonic Fox for Dragon Ball. It looks cool as hell. And then yeah. Riot confirmed, yeah. like the founder of Evo, who is now working at Riot, who was part of the Rising Thunder developer team, confirmed they're working on a fighting game under Riot. Which, Still. like, of course, but like, yeah. yeah, there was no like indication of what was actually happening to them because they had been quiet for a few years now. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we see that sooner rather than later. Yeah, but that seems like something they could have like put on like, like shown something like on the main stage, does like during finals. But does Evo still end with Street Fighter? 
Uh, I can look at the schedule, but I imagine it is because Capcom probably gives them a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I think of Evos, the games I traditionally think of that are played, well, these days are Smash. Prior to like three or four years ago, it wasn't really a thing. But you got Street oh, Fighter. Smash has always been there, but now... But on uh, the stage and streamed and everything, I mean. Oh, shit. Wait, what? Oh, shit. The Mortal Kombat? Evo finale, start time, 9 a.m., uh, 9 a.m. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. 12 really? p.m. Street oh. Fighter Five Arcade. 3:30 Tekken Seven. 7 p.m. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Weird. That's surprising. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's a wild lineup. I would have expected Mortal Kombat <laughs> to be on Sunday. And, and Mortal Kombat's never on. Like Injustice and Mortal Kombat are never on the uh, main stage. Yeah, for huh. whatever reason. That's weird. I think more reason to not I think Mortal Kombat is maybe too violent. They they put some of that stuff on like ESPN. Okay. So that might have something to do with it, but I don't think they air the whole day. Like usually they just air like the finals. I think it's interesting. This sounds like way more shade than I mean for it to sound like. So please don't mm-hmm. crucify me for it. But <laughs> it's interesting that like for so long the FGC was like, don't call us esports because we're not corporate. And yet <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like whoever I mean, makes the most money gets the final slot and they won't put final stuff on. Well, the it's, it's not even like ESPN. it's well, um, like smash pros just has the most people, uh, registered. Yeah. But it, the weird thing is last year, Dragon Ball had the most people registered and, but street fighter five still went on last. But I think street fighter has just not been as popular. Maybe. Uh, I don't, I don't have the numbers, but I know like smash bros is like far and away the most popular game this year, but, and then that's cool to hear though. And then steam went and leaked the new character announcements for street Street fighter five. Yeah. It's like, they don't do anything. Like valve doesn't do anything on steam. And then they go, sorry, we had a publishing uh, mishap. E Honda is coming to Street Fighter Five. They have and, I saw, and someone else. Uh, yeah, it's another uh, woman character. I can't remember who though. Yeah. Um, the I saw um, also some funny like behind the curtain Steam stuff where the it's you now need to, uh, Valve approval, I guess, to move your release date. You can't just That's- like you used to just be able to move your release date as a developer on yeah. Steam. Yeah. Well, probably good. It. Um, the reason that they did it was oh, because actually, yeah, I remember hearing this was a problem. People were abusing the new and upcoming. So yeah. like they, uh, would put their, they would put a fake release date in and just keep changing it so that they were always on the upcoming games list <laughs> is a problem. Uh, um, but because they need valve approval now, everyone forgot to do it. So there's a ton of games that had their release date listed as July 31st. <laughs> um, and because it's the end of a quarter mm-hmm. and uh um they just didn't come out <laughs> it's like it was like pages of of games from smaller teams that just like their release date came and went and there is no game on steam <laughs> and their page still says that it was that it came out on july 21st but it, 31st. Can, you, can you buy it no no, there's nothing either. to buy. Yeah, well, but I mean, uh, well, if it's supposed to go live, like I wonder if there was. Yeah, from what I understand, sense, the release but... date is just a text field. Like it's not okay. like it doesn't like uh-huh. flip over into buy mode. It's just like it's all they do is hit 
change this number to this number mm-hmm. in some CMS platform. Um, but yeah, it's, it's apparently kind of, and then a bunch of people had their set for August 1st as well. And mm-hmm. that came and went and the games didn't come out. That's I had not heard about this. I remember seeing micros of, uh, no more robots, descenders, developer, publisher, developer. I don't know if they develop and publish games, I believe. Uh, and he is also the one who has been stirring up stuff with G2A and, yeah. uh, has gotten some headway moving on that. If anyone has been following that, where G2A mm-hmm. is a key reseller where people buy gray market keys uh, for pennies on the dollar often. Yep. And that often results in developers seeing no money because they're from like fraudulently bought credit cards or from like regions where games are much cheaper, but then they buy them and then resell them and all sorts of things. Yeah. That's my, uh, yes. My partner bought a. Or, or, or if. Go ahead, Allison. Oh, or like it even sometimes can be like cost money for the developers. So much yeah. so that I've seen some developers say, like, if you're going to buy something off of G2A, just pirate it. Like, yeah. we'd rather you pirate it than buy it from G2A because it could actually cost us money. Some It's funny because there's been some back and forth. Like, I saw some back and forth about that too of some people saying, like, please don't pirate our games. <laughs> so it's like, it's been funny because, like, there was a takeaway right. from some folks that was like, well, I guess I should just pirate games now. And <laughs> I saw other devs going like, no, just like, no, that's, well, not that's, me. that's people looking for an excuse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not the takeaway. It's just more of like, no, no, no. Yeah. We wanna, <laughs> we just I didn't wanna, think you were suggesting that was a takeaway either, but yeah. GTA is not exactly uh, uh, if, up and up. If you have interest in any of that, like inter- that that backend Steam stuff from a developer perspective, uh, Daniel Steaker, who made Mount Your Friends, um, he's at Steaker Games on Twitter. He posts a bunch of stuff like that, like just a bunch of interesting um, like anecdotes and stuff about about Steam. That's where I heard about that weird release date thing. How do you spell um, that? It's Daniel or Steger S T E G E R, and then games. That myself uh yeah there's, i don't know there's been we haven't talked about news in a while so it was fun to catch yeah. up on that is there any other news people are interested in or uh it sort of dovetails into one of the things i have to talk about but uh that uh this week has been gen con the huge the like mm. kind of like e3 of tabletop although it's much it's like consumer focused it's not for press really um yeah and you go there to buy stuff basically like games come out there months before they'll hit anywhere else so you play in tournaments and stuff there too but the primary thing you go there to do is is buy games that haven't come out and like be excited about them try out lots of different stuff um so uh fantasy flight who i've talked about a fair bit on the show they finally announced that they are developing marvel games which is pretty cool um there's loads and loads of marvel board and card games but um, there haven't been any from a company that has the same kind of production quality as fantasy flight. Mm-hmm. Um, like the best Marvel card game that exists currently is a toss up between Marvel legendary and Marvel versus and like versus is a really cool game, but it's a reprint of like a game from 2005 or earlier. And legendary is, is like a pretty, it's also pretty good, but it's a pretty standard deck builder that's sort of similar to like Dominion or something, which is not the most like 
themey thing for a Marvel game, in my opinion. Um, so the the first uh, Fantasy Flight game is a is a title called Marvel Champions. That's a, like a living card game, um, which means that it'll have regular expansions every month, and you like play as one character from Marvel and fight against villains uh, as a group cooperatively. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's uh, it is not MCU focused either. All the art is from Marvel comic books, uh, and I believe they just took art directly from comic books too. So uh, it's kind of cool because it's higher quality art than FFG usually produces on its own because Marvel has better artists than <laughs> fantasy flight. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. They're doing a miniatures game too, which sounds a little less exciting because it's very um, hobby focused and they're not making it like their organized play for it will not have tournament structure at all. It's like show up, play with your friends, go home with prizes, but it's not going to, they're not doing like ranked tournaments for it, which signals to me that as someone who prefers to play casual casually, that's good. But it signals to me that the game is maybe not the most like competitively balanced thing, which even though I play casually, I do like to play like yeah. with a competitive list. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, at least it sounds like there will be some good Avengers gaming stuff in the near future yeah the cool thing too about that marvel champions is like their core set has iron man and spider-man in it uh and captain marvel who are all like mcu and and black panther but it also has she hulk which is like someone that hasn't been in the mcu and is an awesome character should be because i love her yeah so they're they're already looking at and like the villains are a little bit less it's like claw and a couple others who I can't remember, but like they're focused, they're not as, um, they're not focusing on just the super well known stuff. And there's no infinity gauntlet stuff anywhere to be found in the, the base game, from what I've seen. Nice. Uh, well, now we can move into video games or video James if you're nasty. Uh, Alex. And I am nasty. Uh, hey you said it not me alex take us on a a magic carpet ride to the magic world of video james well there was this game called glover oh yeah gotta love the glove it was pretty good there was also gex oh yeah gex baby classic Uh, what else I only we got? had that on a demo disc. What, what else we got for for video games that matter? No, nothing else. Just those two. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, we wouldn't have the classic uh, like the video game video James landscape today would not be what it is without Gex and Glover, the two G's. I'm yep. sorry. Breaking news: the official game of the Ashes, Cricket 19, did come out this week. Shit. So one of us needs to get on that. Wait. Didn't one of those games get canceled it is. after yeah. it came out? Yeah. Cricket 19, release date July 30th, 2019. It is 44.99. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, no, oh, one of those someone, games totally Someone did. buy it before they discontinue yeah. it. Also, very positive reviews. 88% <laughs> positive. That's so surprising. whoever here knows the most about the rules of Cricket needs It's got to be Sam because it's he's... I watched yeah. Lagon. By default, he must know the most... <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's fine. I played this video game called Fire Emblem, and I played many hours of it. 
That's uh, that's like cricket. It's basically cricket. Rounders. Like, yep. There's a pitcher that, <laughs> that throws stuff the, at the wickets. Yeah, They're yeah. Called bowlers. There's so like little wicket, sticks right? that you Sticky like throw wicket. stuff at. You bowl at the wicks. Maybe yeah. I know the most about cricket. <laughs> Aren't they wickets? Yeah, wickets. Fun story. I uh, briefly signed up for a one credit cricket class in college because I thought it would be a fun way to exercise. <laughs> That's but then phenomenal. it ended up being like so super intense that I was just like, nope. And I dropped that class. Don't they just drink beer all day and like play for three days? Isn't I cricket? just thought it was going to be chill. Like, let's just play chill games of cricket. I'll learn the rules. And then it was like super like intense athletics. And I was like, nope. Yeah, you got to yeah. run back and forth. And, I, yeah. wa- I watched Lagan in high school, and that's all I know about cricket. You who's win the your, game, and I think the rains come. Who's your favorite you. cricketer? Like, is it is it Petra? Is it Ashes? I don't know any what? cricketers. Oh, Don Bradman? No. Don Don Bradman. Is it, I know, it, and I think he's probably a racist. Is it Edelgard? Is oh. It, uh, oh, it's it's Bernie. Bernie oh yeah, she's baby. she's the best cricketer. Bernie or bust. I'm a Bernie bro. <laughs> oh God, I've been trying to recruit Bernie actually. I want to recruit her so badly because her her intense anxiety speaks to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, I'm like something like uh, 18 or 19 hours into Fire Emblem. Uh, maybe a little less. I can't remember. I just started month nine chapter six oh, I think. okay yeah no you've still got you've so, got a little bit before things start to pop off yeah yeah but, i just finished the literally this morning the battle of the eagle and lion that mm-hmm. one so which, which one's that it's like all three houses it's so remember the training battle oh, from the beginning yeah. where like everyone like is like oh hey we're all gonna do like a competition uh, it's just that again, but like more serious. Okay, I don't think I got there yet. Yeah, that's yeah. probably about where you're almost probably. at in the story. I think. I don't uh, know. Probably. Uh, I yeah. would say I would say the story beat, but I I think you know this game's still too new for spoilers, and it's kind of spoilery. So. Um, okay. Yeah. Either way, um, I would say that this game is super excellent, and I love it. I, I think it's probably better than Persona Five. And I liked Persona 5, but like in terms of the actual gameplay that you're doing that's surrounding the kind of hanging out with people, doing stuff kind of socially bits, I think it does the gameplay better than Persona 5 did. And I think I like all of the characters in this better than I liked any characters in Persona 5, maybe. Hmm. Like, I can't think of a character I like more from Persona 5 other than maybe Mikado and... uh, Hifumi, no, what? Yeah, was it Hifumi, the the chess playing lady? Yeah, the shogi yeah. girl. Yeah, uh, I would say that I think uh, Persona Five does a better job of um, like because it's working with a smaller cast of characters, mm-hmm. and like you know, it deliberately introduces you to each one, whereas this one just kind of throws you at everybody. It does, and so or you know, throws everyone out there and just like I don't know, but you figure it out. Um, so like trying to develop a relationship with people is harder in persona or in fire emblem than it is in persona five. Um, or it's in a persona game in general, mm-hmm. like trying to figure out their personality quirks when you don't know 
anything about these people. And the most conversation you get is just like a few sentences. And then like, you're like, I don't know, maybe I can give them a gift and I can yeah. go through this menu of lost items and I can click on every single one until I find something that maybe matches their personality, which I don't know about. Yeah, no, that's totally, totally valid. I think you're right. It is slower with a smaller cast. And like, I think now having hung out with many people and, you know, gone for tea and mm-hmm. gone for dinners and stuff like that. Now I have a better idea of who the characters are, but like mm-hmm. when you go, walk through the monastery and you're finding lost items, and it's like, oh, this person likes horses. And I'm like, well, I know the nine or so people from my house pretty well. But those, the other people from all the other houses, I don't know that well. So maybe they I'm have just like, hey, this person's traits. hanging out at the stables. I'll try. Right. No, they don't exactly. want it. What? Yeah. Like, right. so, I'm like, I know this person's been to the stables once. That I assume you must like horses. Yeah. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. So, but yeah. so like, I, I totally see where you're coming from with that. That being said, like, I think... Um, again, I'm playing Blue Lions, if you were listening last week, and I think Allison is as well. Yeah. Uh, I think those characters, like every single one of them are so extremely well-written, and like all their interactions with one another are amazing. So if the other houses have just as good of writing, I'm super, super interested in seeing all of the content. Because so I... I- the thing that I think I mentioned in our chat earlier this, this week is I feel like every single character feels like super vital to the story I'm to being told right now. And if it's being, if you feel that for every single house, I'm like, I I am very interested because I don't, I like, I've I've gotten to the point where I've been feeling like, Oh, how could you pick any other house other than blue lions? Cause they feel so integral to the story arcs, but it's like, I bet there's hmm. other houses that feel similar. I don't know what the like what the story beats are like with the uh characters in uh blue lions like you know what those support conversations and stuff are like Mm -hmm. but i feel like there's almost a disconnect between what's happening in the story and all the support stuff like there's some pretty serious stuff happening at least where i'm at in the story i've gotten to part two like Mm -hmm. at like 35 hours in uh and, you know, and things are pretty serious. And I guess maybe this su- support conversations have started to like alter, um, in tone, like, because I got like, it was, I had a lot of support conversations like, Oh, you have to wait until you can advance this support conversation any further, sure. which you get in like persona five. It's like, Oh, you need to get to like a certain date or get a certain skill up before you can actually, you know, get yeah. this, uh, thing, f- you know, advanced further. Um, but with like golden lion or no, uh, not golden lions. That's two different houses with uh, the black Eagles who oh. I am playing, which is apparently the most popular house. I feel like oh. without knowing how the other stories unfold, at least from my perspective, black Eagles seem like the best first choice, mm. uh, mm. to play through as, uh, based on like where story stuff has gone, assuming that like, the story plays out how I assume it does. And you are playing like the different sides of the faction. It's all like the same. You're all playing the same conflict or whatever, but playing from different angles. Austin Walker suggested that, um, golden deer is the best first playthrough followed by black Eagles, followed by blue lions. That was his suggested order. Having he played through all three. 
did he? Yeah. I thought I thought he did not play that much. As far as I know, he had played through all three as of this waypoint. He had at least played through two. He had at least played through Golden Deer and Black Eagles. Okay, because I remember he said on the- that they both have stuff near the very end that is really cool. I thought he had just been talked to someone because I remember him saying like, oh, I didn't finish uh, like whatever. And I was worried that was like, like, oh, what if it doesn't stick the landing, though? And yeah, so he had to like stop himself from playing the game to like write his review. But he's like, oh, I'm not finished. Yeah. In the most recent one that I listened to, he had said okay. that he started playing again. Oh, OK. And and uh, that I think he, but I think the last one he was playing was Blue Lions, so I don't know that he finished their storyline. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I have Golden Deer and say. Black Eagles both have wild shit that happens near the end that mm-hmm. you that we as a yeah. as a community will as like a gaming community will be talking about for a long time. So yeah, well, it sounded like seeing that Golden Deer have the better weird stuff ha- happening at the end, and then Black Eagles is up there too but i don't know i i'm happy with my choice and uh in the in continued um tweet tweets of the week mike mahardy pointed out that if you picked black eagles and fire Emblem, you probably also have plain toast for breakfast and every morning drive a Honda, every morning and drive a honda accord <laughs> <laughs> I I nice. do not have a car and I never eat toast and if I do it's got jelly on it. Suck it, Mike Mahardy. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny though. Mike but Mahardy still, likes everything, so. Yo, that's still I I think that I still want to air my same grievance from last week and that's that the online suggestion stuff sucks. It's it, well, yeah, since I I don't even, none of it, the only thing that matters to me is like the, what did people do today? But even that, it like doesn't matter. Cause I'm like, I'm going to do the same, like same schedule every month. I'm like, yeah, we're okay. We're, I'm going to explore the first day. Yep. Like maybe battle the second free day yep. seminar or rest on the third one. Like why, why are you resting for motivation? motivation or like you know or you know do a seminar or like oh hey my hero weapon or like hero relic is all busted up so i need to recover some use i have on it. i have yet to use my hero weapon because like i'm just like i don't see a re- reason to use it yet it's it's yeah no the game doesn't really necessitate it like it's good against beasts i don't know if you've come up against many beasts though yes yeah i didn't even so. use it against yeah, you the major you beast really that it. you in, that yeah. you encounter. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not like you know uh, you get into some missions where like it might be more useful, but for the most part, I haven't really needed that. And I've got like you know I've got some on like multiple characters now. Yes, same here. But I have a character who also has a relic. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I have mostly like 99% positive things to say about that game. I think it's oh, also I, so last week I said, I suggested that everyone go recruit Sylvain. Yep. Uh, what I recently found out today, I was not able to verify this, but it sounds correct because this plays this like tracks with my experience and like Sam not having the same experience. I chose the lady player character, lady Byleth. And apparently Sylvain will automatically be recruitable if you play the lady. Oh, that explains it. So that's why I was able to get Sylvain. His? Uh, uh, So 
with characters you recruit, you can go through their support stuff and kind of learn, like you can learn their stories. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. Like, and like they have they have some support interactions with people in your house. Yeah. It's like not they don't have it with everybody. Yeah. That would be a hell of an undertaking if they had done that. Like everyone has a support conversation yeah. with everyone. God. But um so yeah, that is yeah, you can go through their support story with the teacher as well as getting some support stories with other characters in the house. Yeah, because I would yeah. say that his support stories so far have actually been kind of the most interesting. His have been so good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I got, I was reading, I, I got to one last night and I was, I, I was, I was just like, he's gone from being like one of my, probably my least favorite character in the house to being one of my favorites. Just yeah. because his, his story got, is really interesting. He's totally got a pretty good is. one with Bernie. Oh man, that's one I would like to see. <laughs> it's, it's really silly. Um, Bernie 2020. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> oh, no. but yeah, no, it, I, I'm really loving it. It's, I feel like hitting the exact like right buttons for me where I really enjoy the gameplay. I really enjoy the characterization and writing. I really enjoy the, um, focus on exploration and, and everything. So I've just been, really kind of hooked on it and yeah it's a good game yep um it's probably gonna be the rest of my week (laughs) i wish i wanted to play it (laughs) i wish you wanted to play it too i i'm not quite at the point where i'm willing to say i'm pretty disappointed in it but getting there getting there how far in are you uh it's not that far i haven't played it since the last podcast yeah Uh, i was gonna say about it i'm like Wow, I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> you know, you know what your issue is. What's that? You pick the golden deer. Mm, I think my <laughs> issue is that it feels like work. Really, that's what it boils down to for me. Uh, it think... feels like so much busy work, so much running around, and without like subs. Like the gameplay parts are very good. Like all the stuff that you you all like a lot is great. The writing is extremely good, and I think that like the tactical gameplay. It feels very easy to me, but it's good. But yeah, I just, I, yeah, I don't like, I don't like running around that monastery. It feels like so much busy work to me. That's what killed persona five for me too. was like, I just want to play the parts of the game that are cool. I don't want to run around in circles and through the same environment over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so I, I think that's that. really what it comes down to. Yeah. I see um, what you're saying. Like for me, the third, first three or four hours, I was probably kind of similar to you, but once you start seeing like all the things you can do and like you're having battles and you're like, you can do the kind of the repeatable battles to get experience and then you can do seminars, et cetera. Like you have all these activities available to you. It's actually nice to have that monastery thing to kind of break things up and sure. slow the and pace I am down again. Play more of it. So like, yeah. I don't really I, have well-formed opinions because of how little I've played, yeah. but once my you get complaints that sort of, of having lots of activities stands from last week, which is like going to choir practice and eating lunch together doesn't feel functionally different to me at all. Sure. So I don't understand why I have to run from one end of the monastery to the other to get it. And I know there's fast travel, so I know, I know you could just blink around, but still, uh, that's, that's my, that's still my biggest thing that's keeping me from wanting to play it is, Oh God. Okay. I got to an exploration day and I was like, Oh God. Okay. So I'm going to spend a half an hour, walking around talking yeah. to people and, and fishing <laughs> i've been holding off on gardening. fishing 
but, but I, yeah. will, I will tea agree. parties. Tea parties. You haven't okay. gotten but, into tea parties, I bet. But uh, no. I will agree that the battles feel a little easy. They're, they're I, far too easy. Yeah, I, I we're all playing on normal, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm interested to see how harder hard actually is. And maybe what I should um, do is restart it on hard and see if that's more engaging. And that might be the thing that makes me more because that's kind of what it is. Is like ultimately, I think about doing all that busy work that feels like work, and then I'm like, so I can do what? Play a game, a, a battle that's going to take me 20 minutes, and I'm going to like fucking crush. Like, yeah. For, yeah. For me, the the battles are less difficult and more, or unless I'm going to struggle to actually complete it, and more. Okay, how am I going to max out support? How am I sure. going to max out? Yeah. I need. I need to. Uh, I just recruited this person and they're underleveled. So I'm going to try to get them as much leveling as possible and get some people up to as high support as possible. So it's kind of like, that's been kind of how I've been enjoying the strategy of it all. Because if it's just, Oh, I need, how am I going to uh, beat this? It's I've, I've already got it, but yeah, there's been a couple moments where I've deliberately like, let's say there's, two dudes left or something and uh i know that mercedes mercedes however they pronounce it which is weird anyways uh she's really good with like a she can have a decent range so i'll just move everyone i want them to have connections with just surrounding her mm-hmm. and then like just have them wait don't have them do anything and then use her to like take out whoever it is i don't know if you've been doing some of that but like it yeah. feels kind of it feels kind of dumb but it's also kind of funny so yeah, yeah. I, I've had it too where I'm like, okay, there's only a few people left. So how am I going to strategically uh, um, arrange people and who's going to be the one who actually gets the attack so that I can get that support up or yep. get the, get that yeah. up? And it's that's that's been really fun. Um, and I, But I definitely think that maybe the next playthrough, I'm going to uh, go up to hard difficulty. But. Yep. It's uh, it's interesting to me to contrast. This is part of why I don't think I clicked with XCOM 2 as much either, which is like XCOM 1 was the perfect sweet spot for me because I like tactics games a lot. Um, XCOM 1 was the perfect sweet spot for me between like a management layer and the tactical layer. Mm-hmm. And I felt like with XCOM 2, they just added too much to the the management layer so that it felt too complicated, not complex, but complicated. Um, and it's if like comparing like BattleTech, which was the last tactics game, the last like turn-based tactics game that like, excuse me, like grabbed me all the way to Fire Emblem. It's interesting because I think that BattleTech, like on the field, is a little bit deeper in terms of um, like the different statistics and numbers that are at play when like one character sh- when one mech shoots at another mech than in than the way that the statistics interact in fire emblem however the management layer in battletech is so much more um it's so it's very menu driven pretty menus with like visual stuff happening in them Mm -hmm. but it's very menu driven and um very event driven where like time will be passing and then something will pop up and i think that just is something i connect with much easier than what fire emblem is doing, which is putting it in a physical space, which that's not really a value judgment one way or the other, because some people look at battle tech will look, would look at battle tech, even if they're interested in the subject material and go like, 
I don't want to look at all these menus and have a way better time with Fire Emblem, which is totally valid. exactly what happened to me. I played a little bit of uh, like a free weekend of Battletech. I got to the menu and I was like, oh no. And it's funny because I think the menus in Battletech are infinitely more approachable and manageable than running around and like talking to everyone in Fire Emblem because like in it's very concise and it's like, okay, these are the, these are the five top level menus and then they each have nested menus within them in Battletech. So it's like, get those menus out of here. I don't want any menus. Yeah. And so that's the thing is I'm the opposite. I don't want to, it feels like meaningless to me to design a space to make me walk around and talk to people when ultimately I could pick that stuff from a menu. So I think that's like a core like issue I have with the design. I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. That's like saying the witness could have been a puzzle book. Well, but you the, know, like I think there is a certain experience to be gleaned from the actual exploration. Yeah, and, and especially just the, the like not to shit on you, just saying. No, no, no. For me, familiarity <laughs> with your surroundings. Like I, I kind of like the experience of like where I'm at right now, where I'm like, oh, I know how to run to get to this place. Like basically, but, I can. Uh, yeah. But but the witness is is the the environment changes. Like you, you're going to different parts of the environment, and then you finish what you're doing in that part of the environment, and then you go to the next part of the environment. For the most part, I mean, there's sometimes when you go back, but to me, like in Fire Emblem, it's the same. I mean, maybe it changes more later on, but it's the same space. Like Let everything me is in the tell same. you about working in a school. No, I know that's, but that's <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the part that it's running around the same space for over and over and over again. That's the thing that I I don't really love about it mm-hmm. i kind of wish that they had done both and said like look it's you don't have to you can just go in the menu and click on the things you want to do if you don't want to run around the space because the space doesn't feel like it's particularly like the character design in that game is incredible so i this is not a like super i'm not trying to knock artists on that team but the monastery space to me doesn't feel like a like visually interesting place particularly right. to explore um <laughs> You can't pick up the lost items if you fast travel, and then you can't that's, get the people. Yeah. And you can't build your support system, and then I know you don't get right. professors in combat, and then you can't recruit them to your team. And then you're gonna With battle tech. I can click four <laughs> buttons and have a PPC mounted on my heavy mech, and then I'm ready to go into the next battle. I mean, <laughs> like, if you want, I mean, like setting up for like a battle isn't that complicated, but like the running rounds for non-battle stuff. Well, kind of battle stuff, but yeah, and I guess I just don't connect with that stuff. I connect with the parts where there's story and the writing because it's mm-hmm. really good, but I don't really connect with like the lost items thing. Doesn't do anything for me really. Um, a lot of that stuff is just very like. I, I wish that's the for me, but it, I feel like it's one of those things where. I mean, the lost items are definitely uh, helpful for <clears throat> both characterization and also getting support up. There, you don't have to do them. Like you can definitely get supports up. Like fast travel over to the dining hall, just eat a bunch of food with a bunch of people, and then bam, you've got supports up. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. And maybe that's the way I should play it. Maybe if I play it that way, I'll enjoy it more. Um, I just feel like that's not that's not the experience that. And part of this is that I want to have the experience that everyone else is having because it's like the thing that has consumed all discourse surrounding video games completely. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I have heard anyone talk about any other video game in the, for the past week and a half. Uh, so, yeah. uh, there aren't any like, other video games. So, so like, I would like to also enjoy that experience, but the experience that people are talking about is like how much they love running around the monastery 
and like talking to people. And I think I'm, it's one of those frustrating moments that I have fairly frequently where I'm like, why do you all like this so much? (laughs) I think that's who love anime. It's true. (laughs) Like, well, and I think part of it is a frustration too, where I'm like, like people played the outer wilds for like two hours and then we're like, nah, and then this game, and I'm like, why do you like this so much? And you didn't want to play the game, that, that other game. <laughs> it's because they're like, I mean, like, oh, uh, it's, it's a lot of, I don't know. Cause Outer Wilds does a good job of like pulling you along to things. If you like, so like, I can see like how like games like that, that are a bit more like freeform. Uh, but well, and the know, point yeah. is that it's a personal thing that is not yeah. a, a value judgment about the game because I don't think that Fire Emblem is pulling me along. So like it, mm. it's 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 just a taste thing, mm. and there's no one who's right or wrong. Like I'm not like correct, and well, <laughs> absolutely who- not. We will all tell you that. But also, <laughs> anyone who doesn't chooses not to play Outer Wilds is also incorrect. I I put like. 12 hours into that i'll get back to it at some point oh i know and this but, is, i don't mean to turn this into a while yeah. playing outer wilds that wasn't my real point yeah um, I, I see what you're going where you're coming from though um yeah yeah for me the outer wilds like had a very stressful start and i know that i need to get back into it but my first but that was my very first experience was uh basically slowly suffocating in space so, <laughs> which was pretty funny to be fair yeah, no, that it is. was pretty funny i don't think you ever got to the part either where you real would realize that it was completely inconsequential that that happened no well i mean i did like like i know that there's like a time loop yeah yeah so, okay yeah but but it was since it was my first play i couldn't automate like just like die like i couldn't uh just exit out um to the menu at all because they're like i'd have to restart the entire starting experience there's definitely a reset loop button, but maybe you don't get it until you die. I couldn't get not it until the first one, not until after the first one, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that would be kind of a you can't spoiler get it. for like, people who knew nothing about it. Right. Yeah. Wanted to leave. I. Ha- uh oh. Yeah, but but yeah, I couldn't do that. So like, it just got super stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And with Fire Emblem, I think yeah. there are some things that come to pass that make the overall experience better in terms of like what you can do in the monastery. And like, like one of the things I was getting annoyed with was gifts and how the only gifts you could give were ones that you found on the ground or that people would hand to you. Uh, yeah. But there, there comes to be a point like, I don't know how many hours in, like 10 hours in or something, but that you get a side quest and the merchants now sell gifts. Yeah. So like that made things a lot better. And now you can actually buy teas and actually buy gifts and actually buy other things, which cool. is like, it, it makes it and much I better. Yeah. I bought, yeah. Every, I bought every gift as soon as it was available. I did too. <laughs> I, like time to get every I don't even like, like engaging with like the gift stuff. Cause I'm just like, whatever. Like it's, that's that seems like busy work to me that I don't want to like deal with, even though I should to like see the support stories and whatnot. Sure, but I feel like I've been moving yeah, along I... enough clip with like you know having meals with people and then in combat and stuff. But maybe I need to, to work on that and to get that stuff up before I end up like too late in the game to finish. Like, yeah, that stuff. I um, this is the one time I did look up a guide was for the gifts guide because I was like. 
I I'm yeah. I just bought every gift and I'm just giving it out to people who I know it's who are who I know are gonna like it. Yeah, I but, think I might do that because I made a mistake of giving Mercedes one of my few gifts and she's like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> so it's like, oh like, shit. No. So people can, you can actually I fuck think, this up. <laughs> I think another yeah. thing that for some reason um it doesn't bother me as much in persona games, but um the the like time limited nature of like this is the only time it's going to be this week. And so yep. I better, I need to do everything 100% efficiently because yep. if I fuck it up, I can never go back. That's very stressful for me. Like, yeah, no. And it, I understand people have said, don't worry about it. There's plenty of time, blah, 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 whatever. Doesn't matter how many times you say that to me. It's just yeah. like Allison, I could say to you, it doesn't matter how many times you die. That first experience is still stressful for you. Like yeah, for true. me, that like yeah. that, that ticking clock is extremely stressful. So I think yeah. that's part of why it feels like work too, is because I'm, I'm like, could I just play the version of this where there isn't a timer and I just advance mm-hmm. everything at my own pace? Please. Uh, so for black Eagles, uh, we should move on pretty soon, but, uh, for black Eagles, I reached a point where it had it, like I initiated a conversation with a character and then it gave me like a choice and it was going to like end the day if I made like when I made the choice, but there wasn't, there was either I can just say no or I can accept the choice. I or I can say yes. And as far as I could tell, my choices were just flat out refuse. And then I can't do that or accept. And then I'm just done for the day, but I still had all my skill points left. I hadn't talked to like half the people. I was like, wait, no. Oh, okay. Now I have to reload the day and do like half the stuff I just, or, you know, yeah. everything I just did and redo it. So sure. that was annoying. Uh, but maybe I could have just said no and then come back and retry it. And, you know, once I'd finished, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've learned that saving frequently is probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I saved at the start of the day, but I wasn't, well, like, cause it hadn't happened before. So like, I never save halfway through like a, you yeah. know, an explore day. Totally. It's just anyways, also, I'm sure they need I'm... more than five safe slots. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking more about fire emblem in the coming weeks. So there's plenty of time and but, about well, absolutely months, four months five yeah. months yeah. i am going to keep playing it too so don't yeah. don't get me wrong i no, need to play course. a lot more all of this is based on still having played very mm-hmm. little and like why i haven't played more of it yeah. but i need to before i can actually provide like real critical thoughts about it for yeah. sure yeah uh the other game i played was not a game at all uh after the podcast last week i picked up all well not all a uh, handful of my co-workers and we went caving so i don't know if y'all have ever like been caving but... in the bad seeds or like yep exactly no we went i want we played, to do that especially played, after seeing your pictures yeah we played spelunky but in real life oh yeah your bat tech how was it it was good uh we brought the whips and then we smashed some bats with them and then they gave us rabies Mm. Yeah. Did you really steal Can I tell a story here? real quick about yeah. about bats and rabies? Uh, sure. There's also bats with rabies here. So, <laughs> uh, so this is back when I was in you know in college. Uh, my friend's family has a, a house on the coast, like on a lake, and uh, we were staying over there during the summer. And we were for some reason we had to like sleep. Yeah, uh, not a bed. I think other people were occupying the bed or something beds. Uh, and so my friend has like this room, that, you know, like it's kind of like a crawl space, hot water heater area and has like, they store blankets in there. So we, you know, we grabs a blanket out of there. We go to sleep 
we wake up in the morning. My friend like feels something on his face. And he's like, what the hell? And he like pushes it off. And he goes, wait, why is this furry thing on my face? And he gets up and he like throws a blanket off. There's a dead bat stuck in the blanket, like claws, like Ugh. in the blanket. He slept the whole night with that thing by his face. Then, uh, the, so then I went home like that day or something, but then I was coming back out the next week with, uh, a friend of the, their family who is a, uh, doctor and I told her about it. And then she was like, yeah, no, he's got to go get a rabies shot, like rabies vaccine. <laughs> and then, yeah. so that ended up ruining like an entire day where he had to like, because there weren't any like nearby hospitals, especially ones that had the rabies vaccine. So he like spent like 12 hours going to different hospitals to get rabies vaccine. And then he had to take it up to his university and be like, Hey, I've got this rabies vaccine, which you're not supposed to be able to buy, but his dad bought somehow <laughs> and was able to take it to university. Be like, Hey, can you store this? I, I'm going to need it in like a week. That's that's amazing. That's not the experience I had for what it's uh, worth. Well, I'm glad I would not wish that experience on anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thank we you. We got for him that. a cake to like make up for the bad day that said happy ravies. And then played like a bunch of techno music when he walked in. <laughs> and everyone's like, you spelled rabies wrong. No, we know it's ravies, not rabies. That's so dumb. That's yeah. very dumb. So thank you for that. I love it. But, um, yeah, if, if you've never been spelunking, I highly recommend it. It requires a certain amount of, um, uh, I don't want to say athleticism, but at least like comfort in doing things to get yourself out of situations. If you need to, uh, one of the most interesting experiences I had with it is, uh, well, the, the cave system we went to, there's like 1500 caves in Northern Vancouver Island. It's crazy. Uh, but they have some ones that are cordoned off for like public use. They're like, yeah, you guys can go here. Cause there's caves with like false floors as in like, if you step on it, that's like very thin rock. You're going to fall like 200 feet and die. So don't go in those ones. Uh, but they have ones that have been vetted by professionals and it's like, yeah, you can go in here. And so we went to some of those kind of self-directed ones and we're like, uh, yeah, this seems great. Like we imagine these are probably all really safe because they're vetted for public use and there's no one like supervising you. No, there's some good like drops. <laughs> like, like if you were not careful, you could seriously injure yourself. So it was pretty fun. Um, one of the most interesting things to do is stand at the top of one of these huge drops, take your, your flashlight, look down and be like, how the fuck am I going to get down this? Cause it just looks like just a sheer drop. And then you go around and you get to the bottom of it another way and you look up and it's like, Oh, it actually wasn't that bad. There's like all these little platforms you could get onto. So it's a, it's an interesting thing of perspective. That's cool. So, yeah. It, it, you throw your rope up and then you jump on. Yeah, exactly. It sounds uh, like I have like a really bad fear of falling. Like it gets worse mm -hmm. as I get older and it's like ballooned into like, it's really hard for me to fly now because um, all I can think about whenever I fly is like, what if the airplane just disappeared and I was falling? Um, okay. Like I can't not think yeah, about that. Yeah. That's time wow. I'm on a plane and it makes me have a panic attack for sure. Um, so uh, it's um, I always look for things that I can use to put myself in like 
um, like situations that, that like trigger that fear to get some exposure, but that also are not like going to make me have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. Like, like some people would say, well, you should just go skydiving. Uh, I, I can't even, like, I can't even think about skydiving without getting like sweaty. So like, there's no way that would not help me. That would just make me have, that would probably make it worse. Like things like hiking in mountains where there's like a big drop, but it's actually like a shallow, I could slide down it and not die. Like Mm -hmm. mountainside, that kind of stuff is really helpful for, for me. I used to do high ropes, which was helpful where you're, super strapped in locked in to a cable, but you're also like walking on tight ropes that are like 25 feet in the air. Um, that was really helpful to me because I got the experience of like being up high without a lot of visual support, but being supported very much physically. So something like this, where there are sheer drops, but also it's in the dark. So it's kind of like obscured a little bit and yeah. where you're kind of like trying to navigate around them. That would probably be, pretty cool and something that would that i would feel yeah. good about doing and i feel like if you did that in a guided way that would also be good because there mm-hmm. are there are tours. i would probably want to do it like a tour with a guide for sure yeah either way caving is fun you should do it and that's yeah. basically all i've done for games unless you count tents and trees keeping up with dailies <laughs> i should get back to tents and trees it's a good game it is yeah i recently audited my phone games and got rid of a bunch of them and that one that one stays it, it oh, get quelled. I no. started playing like there is a new Gundam yeah. Gunpla Warfare game that I, <laughs> I, I started that too. Playing. Oh no. It's, it's it's actually surprisingly okay. Yeah, it I, yeah, uh the thing that's weird to me is it wasn't the most recent like console Gundam game also Gunpla based. Yeah, Gundam Breaker. Like, yeah, since since when did all the Gundam games become uh, focused on the gunpla and not actual as Gundam. As far as I know, it's because there is a show in which that is the premise. The mm-hmm. most recent Gundam show, I believe, is okay. one where it's all kids. It's like Beyblade or like Yu-Gi-Oh uh-huh. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's all kids and they're building these gunpla and then they, mm. uh, then they fight them against each other. Um, weird. It is okay. very weird. Um, it makes for a good. Like the whole like process of building your gunpla in this game is quite fun. Um, obviously, it's a got gotcha mechanics because like or like loot box mechanics because you're getting parts um, out of boxes. But uh, aside from having like pretty shitty writing, um, it's 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 like fun to play. The shitty shitty writing comes from the fact that you're there's no like gender selection. You're just a dude, no matter what you want. Yeah. And then you're just a dude who like you meet one of your classmates who is like cute girl and you can immediately go into full creeper mode and like the dialogue options support you being a massive creeper for presumably the rest of the game. If you want to play it that way, you can also be nice, but there's like a lot of like, you're hot kind of stuff. And it's (laughs) extremely bad. That's dumb. Yes. Uh... It's unfortunate. Let's see if I can at least show Alex one of my Gundams. The oh, gameplay part's fun, though. It, it's very simple, but it's like you tap on the screen to do melee attacks, you tap a button to do shoot attacks, and you tap buttons to switch targets. That there you go. That, Gundam, Gundam. that Gundam's got a bear head. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. All right. That's All right. pretty cool. Yep. Oh, yep. 
Yep, and then like some big wings on the back. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. You'll have to send me a screenshot of that so we can use it as the the image for this okay. podcast. Sure. Classic RX seventy eight shield. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> better than I thought it would be. Um, big spear. It aside from that writing stuff, and you can kind of skip past it, and yeah. like it. You also can just not choose the creepy dialogue options. I think it just kind of sucks that they're there in the first place and that you can't play as a girl. Yeah, that's uh, especially because there's a hot guy who is also integral to the story. So like, if they he's like to, he's too hot, he, he'd never accept you. Yeah, but that could be. There's plenty of 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 thirst stories in anime. Like, it's true. I believe they could have made it work. I think it's like because you're like constantly rebuffed, at least early on. Uh, you know, who knows where the story is eventually going to go, but. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Cause I have not been choosing the creepy I, options. I've just been choosing the, like we're yeah. friends and we like our robots. Options. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's all about gunpla Gundam warfare. It's, it's an action, uh, gotcha game. So, you know, you're going around and you're like shooting and swinging beam sabers or whatever at people. Uh, yeah. Uh, Allison, what did you bring for the class today? All I did was Fire Emblem this week. You guys. Oh, okay. I then played Pat. like, yeah, two games of uh, Tetris 99, but that was it. Nice. Okay. Uh, Pat, wh- what uh, what have you been doing that isn't Fire Emblem then? Well, um, I played a lot of different stuff this week, but um, the couple of things that I uh, spent the most time with, I guess, um, was uh first of all kind of going back to the whole like board and card game thing um last month well now june so not last month but um fantasy flight makers of fine star wars and now marvel games uh released a new star wars board game called uh outer rim which is uh quite good um i played a a couple games of it solitaire this week i'm playing it with some friends tomorrow um it is um, basically the video Bond game Star Wars Spider. <laughs> God, uh, it is it is the uh, the the video game that I've always wanted them to make the Star Wars video game that I've always wanted them to make in, in board game form. So the the premise is that you are you select a character from a, a number of different sort of fringe scoundrelly types in the star Wars universe. So your, your choices are people like Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, um, uh, Jin Erso from rogue one. Um, you can, I think, no, she's a crew member. Um, Dr. Afra, who I don't really know very well. Allison, you might be more familiar. She's with pretty popular. I know that she has like a, like a comic series. That's really okay. popular. Um, uh, I don't know about it much. I'm not sure where she's from. She might be from rebels, but I don't know. Um, but she's one of the characters you can play as you can play as bounty hunters like Bosk and IG 88 and Boba Fett. Um, so the idea is you pick one of these characters and then you pick one of two starting spaceships, um, which they dug pretty deep. It's a, the two starting spaceships are a G nine rigger and a G one, a Starfighter, which is assuredly two ships that, maybe Allison has heard of, but otherwise <laughs> <laughs> no one has. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and then you're, you set out into the outer rim 
and fly around between planets, completing jobs, delivering cargo, smuggling cargo, bounty hunting. And um, your goal is to become the, the, the most, just basically trying to get fame points, which are like victory points. And you're trying to get a certain threshold before everybody else You can play like eight point games, 10 point games and 12 point games. Um, and uh, it's really cool. Um, it is essentially what in board games you'd call a racing game. Um, anytime you're like trying to hit a point threshold, that's usually referred to as a racing game, even if the game itself isn't about racing. Um, and uh, it's also what's called an engine builder, which is where you're focusing on building up like your sort of set of whatever you want to call it, equipment um, to be able to generate points faster than other people. Um, and what I really like about it is that, uh, unlike a lot of fantasy flight games and kind of co this is not cooperative, it's competitive, but a lot of, um, cooperative games and competitive games, it, it often feels like if you do, if you want to do the cool fun thing, you're wasting a turn and you're not going to be able to like recover from it. So it may be that like, well, no, I want to go pick up a, see who this contact is on this planet and pick up a crew member. Um, but like technically the better play would be to do this other thing. Obviously if you're playing against very skilled opponents, they're going to like pounce on any mistake you make and get ahead of you. But I feel like this is a game that is much more fun to bring to a table and just say like, Hey, just play your game. Like sure. Someone's going to win, but like just have fun in the space. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really good for that. Whereas something like Arkham horror is much more about like everyone needs to be on their shit all the time and needs to get there, do the right thing every turn. Um, or the players lose. This is a little bit less stressful of a game that you could play much more competitively and hardcore, but you can also sort of play it as a fun, like beer and pretzels is what, uh, is what we often refer to it in tabletop. Um, so, so it's really cool. So you're saying that for my group of friends that like playing Arkham horror, that this would be, could be a fun thing for me to buy. Totally. So I, I am forcing all of you to play it because only, I am that Star Wars friend. The only struggle there is that it only goes up to four people. So yeah, depending on the perfect. size of the group, but um, it plays well at one to four players. Um, mm. And and I think, again, I don't want to suggest that it doesn't have depth. If you want to play it really competitively, you totally can. It's just a nice, like you can sort of play it as competitively as you want to. Um, and it, it's, it's, they just nailed all the cool stuff you'd want to do. Like, um, the, you can buy ships, um, and you buy ships, uh, and then you'll get, you'll buy like a YT 1300, um, for 20,000 credits or whatever. And then it has stats, but it also has a condition. And if you do the thing, it says, um, like it might be like, um, complete an illegal cargo run or something, and then pay X number of credits, you can flip the ship card. And then it's the Millennium Falcon now. It, it goes from being just a standard generic YT to being the Millennium Falcon. Um, and then it, you get some extra benefit for from it being better. Um, so there's stuff like that. There's uh, the cargo delivery pickup and drop-off system is like you buy cargo on one planet and then you take it to another planet and then you get paid. Um, so that's all about like making your moves most efficient. You can play a job-focused game where you're drawing jobs from a job deck and then those are more like go and make skill checks in different places. 
Um, so it's a little bit higher risk, but it's better reward. And then the bounty hunting system, bounty hunting system is like off the charts. Cool. Cause you basically lay out all of these character tokens. I think there's like 25 or 30 of them. Um, and it's not too fiddly. It's pretty easy to set up, but you lay them out on across the different planets. There's always like two on each planet. Um, and, uh, then when you get a bounty, you'll know what color of token it is that you're going after. And all these tokens are characters like Chewie and Harrison Dalla and like real characters from star Wars. So you might get a bounty to go, um, hunt Chewie and you know that he's a green token. Um, so you can look at the board and see like, okay, I see that there's green tokens here, 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 and here. I need to go around and reveal them to figure out where he is. So then the game is all about like hunting specific people and other players could be revealing them to you. Also, um, other players could even have them in their crew. Cause if you're not hunting them, you have the ability to recruit them. Um, and if another player has Chewy in their crew, you got to go to their space and say like, yo, hand over Chewy. And if they're not willing to do it, then you fight basically. <laughs> and then if, if you win, you get to take him. And then from there, you can either just like kill him and collect the reward uh, for bringing him back dead, or you can take him someplace and then you get the bigger reward. So all those systems are very, very cool and unique and they are totally different ways to play the game, um, which is really fun. Uh, and different characters are better at different things from the jump. Like Boba Fett's a better bounty hunter than Han. But if the board setup is such that you think you can do a, you can knock out a bounty with Han, there's nothing stopping you from playing that way. So all the characters have every kind of play route open mm. to them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just really fun. It, it feels like you're playing kind of like a, a Star Wars RPG um, when in like a sort of tight contained two hour session. And that's the other thing too, is it's, it's about maybe, mm. maybe 15 minutes to set up and then about a two hour game. So it's not like, you know, one of their crazy six hour long play it all day board games. Um, so yeah, right. highly recommend so it. it's not like you don't have to like convince your friends like, all right, we're in it for, uh, for the whole day with this nope. game basically. Nope. And, yeah. uh, and, and I am, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's affordable too compared to, it's still expensive because all of these games are expensive, but I was kind of expecting it to be one of their like hundred dollar huge box games and it's not, it's like 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. So it's still cost of a video game, but it's not as bad as, as uh, a lot of their stuff. Yeah. I am literally placing my order on Amazon right now. I think you really like it. It sounds really good. It's, it's very good. Um, and, and, um, I think especially if you have not played the, um, the firefly board game, that's the board game that is no. similar to it. I think that this is better than firefly. Um, but, um, but a lot of people have compared it to that game. I think it's got better character. I mean, I like Firefly, but it has better characters, yeah. uh, and it's it's just more. I mean, I like Firefly, but I like Star Wars better. <laughs> so exactly. Um, so anyway, that is uh, tabletop. Yeah. Um, looking forward to seeing a lot of expansions to, for that game too, because that's how Fantasy Flight tends to roll. Um, and then in the world Literally of video roll. game, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, also, it is funny. Um, outer rim, uh, 
you should order it because it was selling it's been selling out everywhere they don't have any more at yeah. you can't order it from ffg anymore um just from they're, they're out of it until they reprint it um and i'm sure that part of that is driven by the fact that it actually uses x-wing dice so it uses the exact same mm. dice that are used in x-wing except that they are gold and and like sparkly um so lots of x-wing oh. dice so that they can use gold and sparkly dice with x-wing <laughs> <laughs> so are people literally just buying this game so that they can use those dice? Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I'm sure that there are people who are buying it, pulling the dice out, putting red dice from X-Wing into the box, and then reselling it. Uh, which is very funny. Uh, especially because X-Wing uses two different kinds of dice, hit the, the attack dice and evade dice. And this game just uses the attack dice. So it's not even like you get a full set of attack and evade dice. So your attack dice will yeah. look pretty, but your evade dice are still just the normal green ones. Uh, so I don't know. It's funny. Um, but, but it's a good game. Um, and then, uh, in the world of video games, um, I have been playing a, uh, action role-playing game called, uh, Warhammer 40 K inquisitor. Um, this is, uh, a sort of Diablo like, um, action RPG. Hmm? Is this a new one? Uh, it came out last year. Um, okay. Was it last year? I thought that was older. Okay. No. Yeah. It was in early access for a bit, uh, Maybe that's but, but it came out of, like in full release last year and it was pretty bad when it came out. Um, frankly, it, 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 it was clunky and slow and it had a lot of cool kind of metagame ideas, but it, it was not good to play. Um, but they just released a expansion, a standalone expansion called prophecy, uh, that introduces a tech priest character class. Um, if you're not familiar with 40 K tech priests, like worship the machine God, um, uh, sword like, logic. Yeah. Basically they like, they're like, they can do like, cause there's like machines can get infected with, with chaos, like warp energy. And then like become bad and like tech priests, basically work with machines um so it's a pet class in terms of a, an action rpg because they make like they also like merge flesh and machine together too um so you can get like a weird like centaur people with like robot from the waist down bodies that are like weird bug robot bodies and then they're people from the waist up um anyway uh the the other thing that, that that came with this though is that they released a huge 2.0 update and from what i can tell the main thing that they did was just make everything twice as fast like animations movement cooldowns and turns out that made the game <laughs> makes the game way more fun to play <laughs> like genuinely enjoyable um the other trick that i found was uh they, this they did other stuff with the 2.0 update too there was a lot of balance and stuff that they did um but uh i i started playing it again with the mouse and keyboard and was kind of like man eh, this is better but it's still mm, i don't know and then i plugged a controller in and that game is way better with a controller um, so, so playing it with a controller has been a lot of fun, um, in part because it is definitely a like ranged focused game. There's melee weapons too, but the way that the game handles your skills is you equip two sets of weapons. One of them, you have two hands, so you can have like one two handed weapon or a couple or two one handed weapons. And then your attack skills are 
tied to what weapon you have equipped. Um, so like if you have like a sniper rifle, you might have like a, a single shot on the a button, um, a retreating shot where you back up while you're shooting on the B button. And then like a aim shot where you hold the Y button down and you can kind of like let a wheel tick around and do certain specific shots, like shoot at their leg, do a headshot for extra damage, whatever. Um, and then right trigger might be like a rapid shot or something. So the, the different weapons have like substantially different attack skills associated with them, which is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, so every and there's like a couple dozen different weapon types too. So it, it it's, it's pretty, this pretty broad range. Um, and then, uh, you also get like skills based on what kind of armor you have equipped and what kind of support tool you have equipped. Um, so it's pretty neat. Um, and then there's like just a load of different skill trees and stuff to put points in, but you have to unlock them by doing different heroic feats. Um, so it might be that you have to like get 200 crits with a melee weapon before you can start putting stats into a melee tree. Uh, and it just gives it a lot of stuff to do like content wise. It's like bursting at the seams with things. Um, it has a actually pretty good story campaign. The voice acting for the, I chose the assassin class, which I don't think the class matters at all really. Um, it's really just the way the way your character looks, and I chose the assassin class. And oh, and it determines what armor you have available. Anyway, it's the she's the lady class, and her voice acting is like extraordinarily bad uh, <laughs> to the point where it sounds like a like they bought a, a Claudia Black like voice pack, like vocoder pack, and then used like did like computer voice for all of the for the whole character. But otherwise, the story is pretty okay. Um, and uh yeah i don't know it's fun if you're if you're into 40k at all um not that i think anyone on this show necessarily is but uh it's it's worth checking out um it's definitely not as i don't think it's as as it's gonna like get diablo people as much as a grim dawn or a titan quest would um because i don't know that it's as good as either of those games but it's different it's fun that it's focused on ranged combat um it also like procedurally generates dozens of missions all the time from the get go. So you can kind of do like Diablo adventure style content from like almost the beginning of the game. If you just want to play a random mission. Um, and it has like a bunch of different planets and they all sort of spawn different kinds of missions, uh, at different levels. So yeah, it's, it's good. They had their biggest problem with the game was there was a bug, where you couldn't play it co well if you played it co-op um you wouldn't get any progression like you you would lose all of the loot and experience that you gained over the course of a mission and apparently that bug has been in since the launch of the game <laughs> which is very bad <laughs> andre's making a face uh, so if you look at it on like steam or whatever and you see that it has mixed reviews that's the main reason is because that that bug has been fixed um as of oh. this prophecy release finally good, good uh, for them so wow. <laughs> uh it's the same developer who made the van helsing games so if you're familiar with those at all they're like very cool and also kind of a hot mess um that has sort of been the same thing with this 40k game but it, it's 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 getting it's better now it's, it's fun uh yeah. definitely a fun one to play a few missions in and then jump out uh 
because it's all very compartmentalized. Like you start on the bridge of your ship, you go to a place, you do a mission, and then you're back on the bridge of your ship. Sweet beans. Uh, does anyone else have anything they'd like to touch on? How about you, Andre? Uh, I, a lot of Fire Emblem. Uh, I, I touched a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen again. I'm almost at the end. Uh, I'm like right there. I just got a, I, I'm in like the final push. I've got like five missions left or something for a realm reborn. And then I've got to do a ton to <laughs> get you just have 80 hours left before you get to the new before, stuff. Before I get to the first expansion, was that heaven's ward was the first one. Yeah. There is like 10 hours of quests yeah. in between the end of yeah, realm. So reborn I need to do that. But then like all I, I like, I'll actually be able to like level up and stuff when I do that stuff. But yeah, so I need to get onto that. But as Fire Emblem's real good. I'm I've played a little bit of Warhammer or not Warhammer, uh Total War Three Kingdoms, mm-hmm. uh, which I need to get back to as well. That game's real overwhelming. I'm not uh, allowed to buy that game until I finish Fire Emblem Three Houses. I that is a smart thing to do. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, it's there's a lot going on there. I've never played a Total War game. Uh, I don't know what possessed me to pick this up. I I, I heard good things about this one. And I don't know, like the stories people are telling and like, I don't know a lot about like romance of the three kingdoms and whatnot, but it's wild. They, yeah. And they do a good job of like bringing those relationships and stuff into the game. Like, uh, you know, Dong Zhuo is, you know, everyone hates Dong Zhuo and wants to kill him. Uh, and so I've restarted like matches or like games a few times and like some of the things like one of the things that's happened very early in a few of those matches is someone sends like i don't know if a spy they send like someone over to like dong Zhuo's side but then they convince i think lu bu to kill dong Zhuo like immediately like two turns into the game dong Zhuo's dead and then like his son takes over and like what the hell is going on here uh, i don't think that's how this thing went but how are, how are the eunuchs the eunuchs, uh, I think they're powerful. Uh, I don't have, I do not think I have encountered any eunuchs, but I know they uh, they have some pull and they are they're dastardly politically. As I got into Romance of the Three Kingdoms, I definitely thought they meant like, oh, eunuchs means some kind of political term from ancient China. No, it's <laughs> means no, they- no. It's it's the command operating. Uh, code. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because they they got they Sweet. developed political power because they couldn't have children. So yeah. the royalty kind of assumed that they wouldn't try to, yeah, like fuck them over because they can't yeah. have kids. Yeah, uh, they just and, use yeah. Crap. and then there are like uh, like each character has like their own like path to glory missions or whatever, which can help you get experience and like move towards like, you know, taking over China. So it'll be like, Oh, this person killed your dad. Uh, you can let him go. And that'll like, you know, increase your standing with them, but you'll, you know, yeah, you won't get like this extra stuff and like maybe morale will go down and then like, Oh, now you've got to turn on, uh, your ally because that's what the person did in like the, you know, in the story of the three kingdoms the person turned on their ally who they'd been with and stuff like that. So it's interesting to me because I know they, that one of the things I love about Romance of the three kingdoms when it's told as a story and it seems like they convey it in this game is like 
you kill, you know, Guan Yu or whatever. Mm. Um, and everyone in China instantly knows that that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately it's like if people feel a ripple and then they know, Oh, this yeah. person killed this person. Yeah. And I love that aspect of the story. It's such a wild, like, yeah, it would have it, taken like five years for yeah. that information to spread throughout China. And, like, but, <laughs> and I feel like I'm, I've barely scratched the surface because I look at the map and I zoom out and I'm like, Oh no, we're just <laughs> in like China big. China's a big country. We're in just like the Northwest or Northeastern quadrant. Like it's, Oh no. And then like the Mongol, like the barbarians or whatever, I think Mongolians are like coming in and like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, oh, hey, join my coalition to fight the barbarians. You're like, I don't know. And then they're like, you're doing what? And then you've betrayed them. And then they want to go to war with you. And you're like, oh, oh, geez. Okay. One of the things I love about uh, Total War games, though, and I assume it's the same here, is that the map can be huge. Like Total War, Warhammer, for example, if you play the major campaign, that's like you, you have to own both games to play it. Okay. It combines everything from the first two games on this enormous, enormous map. Um, but what's cool is that they're not the way you win is not by like beating everyone. It's mm -hmm. by like completing specific objectives that that faction wants to complete. Um, yeah. So, you know, it might just be like take control of this fortress in Northwestern China and hold it for 30 turns mm -hmm. or something like that. I mean, it's usually more than that, but, but that sort of thing, uh, which is kind of cool. They've got lots of like tutorials that I need to watch, like, you know, how to like execute in combat and stuff like that, because I, like, I kind of understand, but uh, like, I don't know. It's, they, you know, they tutorialize it, but I think there's a lot of depth that I'm not understanding. The complicated and games. Yeah. And then like, okay, what should I actually be focusing on in these stories? And like, when should I be building up? When should I be going aggressive and things like that? It's, there's a lot going on there, but it's, it's a neat game. And I, you know, based on the little I've played, I, I, if people are into three kingdom stuff or into like total war games, I think it's one you should check out. I guess I, like I said, I've never put, I don't know a lot about, the three kingdoms stories or uh or about total war so we'll get you through this and you can start playing the real best total war warhammer total war uh total warhammer uh yeah. total warhammer you don't even have to like warhammer it's just cool fantasy stuff i just i don't know if that's gonna happen i recently saw a headline that said total war warhammer 2 is the greatest strategy game of all time from i believe it was pc gamer Okay. And you know, well, I don't know that I agree with that, but it's real good. Okay. Well, we'll I'll keep it in mind uh if I ever get to a point where I'm like, you know what? I want a big fantasy strategy game in my life. Uh but that's going to do it for this episode of Gaming Fix unless anyone speak now forever hold your peace. Okay. That's going to do it for your episode 81 of Gaming Fix uh on August 3rd, 2019. I have been your host, Andre Cole. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. I've got a review for Paradox Soul. You can uh, search out over on my Twitter if you're into that. And Alex, where can people find you? 
You can probably find me hanging out with Ingrid and Doodoo in like 10 minutes. Ooh, Doodoo. Uh, Pat. You can find me at PJC Plays. I reviewed The Sinking City this week. That's nice. Over at Rapid Reviews. And you can find it on my Twitter. Oh, I want to play that. Uh, Allison. You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Great. Uh, next week, I don't know, there'll be some games. Is there anything coming out this week? Anything? We'll probably talk about Evo next week, so do your homework. Watch Evo. Nope. Probably won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to watch... Uh, what? Um, I don't care about competitive smash and but i'm gonna watch the dragon ball stuff that's definitely what i'm gonna watch because i'll watch sonic fox's twitter uh he's playing in both mortal kombat and dragon ball i believe nice. so hopefully he does what well, he hopefully he does well uh because um, he's trying to do stuff with a little nos x you see yes that? oh my I god hope that works out for him bless did did Nas like acknowledge it though? All I saw was just stuff from from Sonic Fox like trying to get at him. I don't they know. Should, they should do something together though. That would be, That'd be the best crossover. I, just I want him to come out at. I want him to like come out in finals to Old Town Road with Little Nas X. They should do a remix of of Old Town Road that incorporates the Mortal Kombat theme. Oh my god! Oh man, I think that'd be. There is a new oh, yeah. release coming out this week on August it's up 9th. Up in the dark too. Oh, I wish. Um, well, it's pretty close. On August 9th, Turok 2: Seeds of Evil is coming to Switch. What? That's bad. And oh, Age of Wait, that sounds like Age a great Bond giant bomb playdate contender. Yeah, that's a what? bad game. What's that? Is, is Turok one? out on switch i don't know <laughs> it's a valid is question Turok one? i don't know full stop <laughs> is Turok, why is turok one uh yeah okay turok well it's on steam and it has overwhelmingly positive reviews so something's wrong there <laughs> uh or well, trash thanks for joining us you can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold and on pornhub because alex is into that uh, <laughs> he, does, he does all that stuff that's that's his business uh two very positive reviews and, and you know what else should have positive reviews our podcast yes i think yes. our podcast is better than turok <laughs> that's such a weird thing i, mean, I guess hey, i agree turok <laughs> one can have positive reviews i think so can gaming fix podcast interesting is our podcast better than daikatana Oh, I mean, yeah, that one's uh, easy. Uh, <laughs> I would say yes. It depends on how much you want to be John Romero's bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Not. <laughs> so <laughs> then I think we're better than Daikatana. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. And so long. Sayonara. Goodbye. Goodbye.